Well, I have a few things I want to talk about. Um, I mean, before you do, should you just go. go ahead and tell me what you got me for my birthday, bro? No, but I do get you something awesome. Well, I don't know. No, it, it is pretty cool. I think you're going to like it. Dude, by the way, my kids got me. Coming from Tijuana. They, they, I don't even, <laughs> I can't even imagine what that could be. Um, it even says but, Tijuana's finest on the box. The could you, we'll talk about know. it later. Probably inappropriate. Oh, my God. Hey guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. A podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal. I said that weird. And minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown. And Tyler Bentz. How's it going, dude? Uh, it's going well, man. I, if I can uh, figure out how to get these words to come out of my mouth without uh, them just kind of like fumbling all over each other. I think you, what I mean? I thought you sounded strong. Um, my kids got me like they went to Wizards and just randomly picked out like a couple of back issues. Mm. They actually did really good, man. They did. You got uh, Demolition Man comic ad No, no. Wolverine number 18 from uh, December. You got you to gotta give me the cover. I don't know what that means. Well, it's like the first. Rat. First of all, before you get into that, this was one of the things I wanted to start off before you interrupt me. I was going to say, everybody, we're now a week past, but yesterday was Woody's birthday, so mm. round of applause. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, secondly, uh, back to your story, Wolverine. Number well, I mean, since we're talking about birthdays, uh, mm-hmm. we also had a couple some listeners that had birthdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, one Christian, our friend Christian Castillo, Costanza. Castillo, our friend Christian Costanza, mm-hmm. his birthday apparently is the day before mine, so that's pretty awesome. Happy birthday there! Oh, and real, then, real hey, quick, f- fun fact: uh, Christian's uncle is actually the guy who created the character George Costanza, so that's where the name even comes from. Just shut up! Man. I'm being dead serious. Ask him. No, you're call not. him. But. We had a listener reach out, mm-hmm. and you know, dude, I love this kind of stuff. She actually was turned on to our show by her fiance. So first off, nice. th- this this guy is already yep. kind of just setting himself up for success because a family that is rad together, ooh, yep, stays together, right? I mean, not always, so, but always, bro. Okay, but most times. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we wanted to to wish our listener Matt Golden a happy birthday. His birthday's uh, this month, nice. and really to all our listeners that we don't know mm-hmm. who have birthdays mm-hmm. in September. Hey, man, welcome to the club. Yeah, you know, I, I turned a year older this year, and uh, boy, you know, you get older and it's a little bit more, uh, you know, aches and pains. Well, kind of for, especially for you because you turned the big five zero, so. It's a milestone. I am not 50. Milestone birthday. The big, the big four one. Four five. Yep. Shut up. (laughs) I want to go back to you talking about the Wolverine. Yeah. So um, I think with this issue, again, it's Wolverine number 18. Mm -hmm. The cover is done by Mark uh, Silvestri. John Byrne. Mm. And it's okay. I mean, it's pretty cool, actually. It's a really cool cover. It's got like this guy named Rath. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Roughhouse, and he's just like slamming Wolverine in the face with the, the giant punch. It's also got a character in there that I hadn't seen. Uh, they call him Nuke, and he's basically this like super soldier with an American flag tattooed on his face. Oh, yeah, I've seen him. Mm-hmm. It was written by Archie Goodwin. Yep. Man, one of the things I love about getting into these old books, dude, is like kind of, you know, going back and looking up like, Oh, Archie Goodwin. Okay, I know I've heard that name, but why? Oh, yeah. And so I look it up, and it's like, holy smokes. He's a big this deal. guy. I mean, he was like one, I think he was the original Iron Man writer yeah. back in yeah. 1968 and uh, co-created Luke Cage with yep. John Romita Sr. Yeah, he's an old Also co-created guy. Spider-Woman. Hmm. It's kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah. So he's kind of an old, old school dude. And uh, so anyways, I got that one, and it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But then also they picked out the Punisher War Journal number two, Mm. which I've got that, dude, I've now kind of 
reignited my uh, desire to collect this whole run because I forgot that we so had, this one is done by Jim Lee territory yet. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, so okay, it's Carl good. Potts and Jim Lee. Mm. He actually did the first twenty five issues of this first volume. Really, it's only eighty issues, but they did the first twenty five. Oh man! And I knew, uh, I, I knew, actually, he, I knew he did the covers and like. So I, I thought he would kind of bounce around. I didn't realize that he mm-hmm. he did like consecutive. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, and I mean, I've got other issues, especially like the ones where it's like Wolverine versus oh yeah Punisher mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And that's really when you really start to see like this first one, this one that they got, not the first one, but this issue that they got me. You know, yes, it looks like Jim Lee, but it's like mm, he's not quite there yet. Yeah, like yeah. whenever I saw it, I actually had to like I was like, oh okay, I had to look for like who did the cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's if you know it's Jim Lee, it kind of makes sense, but like in the later issues of this run man especially when wolverine shows up it's like extremely obvious dude yeah yeah what what was the issue that that uh we found at second and charles a while back that i wish that i would have got but you took it the it was like heavy heavy use of like screen tones Hmm. you know what i'm talking about it was almost this weird sort of like maybe it was like during like flashback sequences real sort of monochromatic like blues and stuff but but you could see like you know the real deal screen tones for all for all you non-comic fans out there screen tones are typically from a japanese company called deleter and they are like these sheets adhesive sheets so imagine like big stickers with like different levels of density of like little tiny dots and you cut out those shapes and then you paste them on top of your art and it adds like sort of values or light and shadow dude i remember now you know what i'm talking about i'm still gonna it's a great excuse to kind of go back through mm-hmm. all of my punisher runs but mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure it's john Romita jr was it? I and it was his run with punisher warzone i think that's I'm almost positive i think that's like two i thought that was like two 90s this this i i'm almost positive it was jim lee though yeah i don't know i have to look back through it might be whenever Wolverine jumps in. Um, I did pick up, speaking of John Romita Jr., Jr. I've kind of gotten on to him later in life. I used to hate him, and I realize now. I love him. Well, I, I love him, too. I realize now that I hated him because he was really prime in that area of, like, just the shittiest, like, 90s coloring mm. that just ruined his art. Uh, this is Dark Knight Returns, The Last Crusade. And, um, man, I thought it was going to be really cool. It was, like you know, in plastic wrap. And then you open it up and you can tell the artwork is great. It's it's great, John Romita Jr. But it's just his pencils. Um, and then a guy named Peter Steigerwald doing the inks and colors and it f***ing ruined it. Yeah, man, that's the thing about Romita Jr., dude. It's <sighs> me, he's made, it's, it's like it, it makes or breaks it. Yeah. Big Depending team. on who's who's the colorist, mm-hmm. you know. Well, this guy inked it too, so it's this real sort of weird, like washy, mm-hmm. like it almost looks like pastels or something. Like oh. I hate it, I hate yeah. it. But and, you know, like I really like for him specifically, I really like a certain era, you mm-hmm. know, best. I mean, like his like the Punisher Warzone stuff and some of his Daredevil stuff. Oh yeah, I really, really, really like. Mm-hmm. But like, there's certain things like in the late '90s, early 2000s, and even now mm-hmm. that I just it's I don't like it as much. Yeah, there's some good Spider-Man stuff though. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He he did the um, that one book that I was looking for forever, and I never can think get the name right. It's like Ghost Rider, Wolverine, yeah, Punisher. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it's like I don't think it's Hearts of Darkness, but something like that. But I think the art in that is, like, the best that he's ever looked. And then it also has, like, whoever the colorist is, is doing, like, it It almost looks like just sort of watercolor, hmm. almost. It kind of looks a little like uh, Superman for all seasons. It's sort of this watercolory kind of, it just looks like hmm. real coloring instead of that 90s, like, over the top. Everything has gradients. and See, I don't mind that so much. What I do mind is, like, the airbrush look oh no that's what i'm talking about yeah okay yeah we're talking about the worst yeah we're talking about we're talking about the same thing calling it two different things yeah what else is new like everything looks like metallic or metallic or no i like that old band metallic (laughs) or you're so stupid all right man let's let's dive in let's dive in oh man uh let me start off the uh the bat by saying 
thank you to our buddy, uh, Dustin Downey. He had bought a Dark Knight 86 print from me a while back, and I made him wait what seems like months at this point and before I got it out the door. So included a little something extra. And then we just happened to be talking about something, and I mentioned because he's a huge you know toy collector. He's like into all that cool stuff. He knows a lot. I'd love to have him on eventually about to talk about toys and stuff because I feel like for both of us, like, you know, beyond like 80s nostalgia and, and that stuff, like, we, at least for me, I have, and you, I, I know this, we have like a real blind spot for a lot of the modern toys and, oh, yeah. you know, um, and our buddy John Packers, he's, he knows about all that stuff too. But our buddy Dustin, uh, him and I were talking and there's this Adam West character you know 66 batman and it's made by a company called NECA. and mm-hmm. uh i was like man have you ever been able to find this because you can only find it on i've only seen it on ebay and it's all from china which is like you know not to put down anybody in china but you know a lot of times it, you know they're fakes and so so I'm, i've been looking elsewhere and i'm like hey man you know where you, i could i could find this i've, I've been looking for it for a couple of years now and the reason I love it is because, you know, it is a 66 Batman, like Adam West. It's just super cool because, like, all the, like, the seams and, like, stitches. It's it's basically how I draw characters, like, costuming. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I include, include all of, like, the creases and uh, wrinkles in their costuming. Almost, I almost give everything almost like a homemade type vibe. You know, you see all the stitches and seams and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so... I've been wanting this figure. And he was like, oh, I got one in my garage. It's going out in the mail to you tomorrow. And so cool. Blew my mind. I'm so thankful. Uh, that was such an awesome thing you did, Dustin. I really appreciate it. And for all you out there who are into toys, go check him out. His Instagram is Fwoosh, F-W-O-O-S-H underscore. That's the bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. Dis Thunder, D-I-S-T-H-U-N-D-E-R. And it's Dustin Downey. Super cool. Awesome. It is the wonkiest, silliest-looking, ill-postured Batman you've ever seen, and it's perfect. It's my favorite figure I've ever owned. Uh, I'll send you a picture. It's awesome. Secondly, our good buddy and longtime member of the That Would Be Rad family, Clay, uh, sent us some things in the mail, and they kind of blew our mind. Yeah, man. Unbelievable. You know, he included a letter. It says, Woody and Tyler, thanks for all the great content over the last year. Feel free to make copies and distribute these as you see fit, or maybe just send your raddest fans these items. Listening to you both reminds me of all the conversations I had and currently have with all of my friends here in the Midwest. Take it easy and be rad, Clay. That's awesome. Um, and they're these, I, I don't know how to describe describe them. They're Right on par with the stuff that we absolutely love, that sort of pre-internet era. It brings, you know, the Mayday mystery to mind or the Toynbee tile stuff. Like, kind of the, the era of you going to, like, Kinko's and, like, like pasting stuff together and, like... Yeah, like hand-making. We talked about this when we got them. It reminds us of, like, the sort of, like, handmade posters and stuff that right. we would like make to promote our bands yeah. back in high school. Or like punk zines and stuff. Yeah. So I, I found he calls them billfold zines. That's it. Billfold zines. Yeah. And, and it's like one, you know, you can fit it in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like exactly like the kind of stuff that like we would be into. Oh yeah. Even back in the day, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, it's so cool. Like it's just really neat. Yeah. Really, really cool stuff, man. Yeah. We love it. And uh, we'll probably do that. We'll probably, uh, Send a few out. Yeah, maybe do like a giveaway or something. Yeah, or if you guys step up to the plate and send us some stories or, uh, for you know, for Halloween season. That was amazing, super cool, super weird. There's a lot of like little weird, like cryptic kind of like tie-ins to episodes and all this stuff. It's it's amazing. I love it. I I will cherish them forever. Super, super rad, man. Thank Um, you so much. Thirdly, I want to give thanks to the boys over at Bigfoot Collectors Club. They... um, they reposted our episode one that we had with uh, Bryce, which, you know, fourthly, thank you, Bryce Johnson, for taking the time and being on our mm-hmm. season two premiere. It was awesome. Incredible, man. Yeah, really, really cool. And that's it. Right. I think that's it for housekeeping Boy. now. Boy, howdy. So what are we talking about today, man? 
well, I know that you're expecting me to say one thing, but I'm... So I got a confession. We had this topic that we were getting ready to talk about, and Mm -hmm. I told Woody, I'm sure he's studied and researched his ass off, but now that we're on, I totally want to pivot. I happen to run across this. Uh, cool, cool. I mean, we'll eventually do it. I mean, we'll. Oh yeah, it, you know, it's perfect. A, man. I'm so glad. <laughs> on that time. It's a great topic, but I ran across this character, this account, and I had totally forgot about it. But it reignited this sort of feeling of. And you'll see once we get into it. But I don't know. I just I just have the feeling that we should do it now. So uh, well, I'm game. Dude. It sounds <laughs> uh, it sounds awesome. And I'm taking the heavy lifting. So I you know I'm reading about the account. So uh, you know we'll reconvene on the uh, the other topic maybe next week. It sounds good. Anyway, so here goes uh, less arms. <laughs> okay. Um, Whoa! Uh, here we damn go. it! Started right after that. Started with one. After the- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. On a soft autumn evening of October 17, 1973, Jeff Greenhall, then a 26-year-old chief of police of Falkville, Alabama, was just settling in with his wife for a well-deserved night of rest when he received an emergency call just after 10 p.m. Little could have been imagined at the time that his phone call would change his life forever. The call was from a nearly hysterical and to this day anonymous woman who claimed that an unidentified flying object had landed just outside of town in a field that was owned by Bobby Summerford. Thus began arguably the second most bizarre case of an alien encounter to come out of the American South in that very same month. The first one, of course, was being the infamous case of the freakish and ostensibly intergalactic kidnappers known as the Pascagoula alien abductors, which we'll go into later. Although he was off-duty, Greenhall, abiding by his sworn duty to protect and serve, jumped up, snagged his keys, cuffs, revolver, and almost as an afterthought, his trusty Polaroid camera, on the off chance that there might be something worth taking a shot of. He then hopped into his truck, radioed the call, and flew to the location of the alleged flying saucer landing. When Greenhall arrived on the scene, he got out of his truck and patrolled the area, but claimed to find nothing out of the ordinary. The chief then returned to his vehicle and decided to take drive around the field before returning home. Greenhaw cruised around the perimeter of Summerford's property, scanning the darkness of anything unusual, but saw nothing of note in the murky blackness. He then turned down a narrow gravel path for one final pass. That was when he came face to face with the unthinkable. After traveling down the trail for about 100 yards, Greenhall saw an entity that he described as a humanoid figure. 
standing next to the road, about 75 feet away. The chief got out of his truck and carefully approached the figure, thinking that it may be someone in need of assistance. Greenhaw shouted to the strange companion, but it did not respond. As he got within 15 feet of the being that was now brilliantly illuminated in his truck's high beams, the chief realized that something was very wrong. The entity appeared to be wearing some kind of silvery metallic suit that resembled thick aluminum foil. Some reports also indicate that the metal man's stature was somewhat small and childlike or even simian, not unlike a monkey in a spacesuit. Greenhall described what he saw. It looked like his head and neck were kind of made together. He was real bright, something like rubbing mercury on nickel, but just as smooth as glass. Different angles gave him different lighting. When I saw him standing in the middle of the road, I immediately stopped the car and asked if he was a foreigner, but no sound came out of his mouth. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. That's just about uh, as Alabama as it gets. Oh, yeah. Hi. You a foreigner? You a foreigner? Greenhall also noted that the thing had an antenna sticking out from the top of its head and that its movements were jerky and mechanical. It's worth noting that the description of this apparently necklace, wrinkled skin, antenna-bearing robotic entity is not unlike Charles Hickson's observation of the aforementioned Pascagoula alien abductors, who, according to an eyewitness testimony, snatched Hickson and his young friend Calvin Parker from a quiet riverside in Mississippi just days before this Falkville event. Is it possible that Greenhaw encountered the same extraterrestrial entities that allegedly abducted the two Mississippi dock workers on the evening of Thursday, October 11th, 1973? It would be curious to know whether or not Parker or Hickson had ever seen the Falkville photos and what their opinions of them were if they indeed had. It didn't take long for the shocked Greenhaw realizing that he was dealing with something completely beyond his experience and, pushing his panic aside with great effort aided by years of police training, he had the presence of mind to pick up his instant camera and shoot four photographs of the entity in question. The first Polaroid shows nothing but inky darkness and a flash of silver, but the next three images hit the jackpot. In the photos, one could clearly see a humanoid figure wearing a wrinkly metallic suit or outer casing, which reflected the flash from the Polaroid's bulb. Perhaps believing that it was being attacked by a human with some kind of light beam, the creature instantaneously turned and began sprinting across the field at speeds far in excess of those capable by human beings. Greenhall noted that it seemed to be heading in a general direction of Lakin, which is about three miles away from Fogville. The chief reacted swiftly, darted back to his truck, and took off in hot pursuit of the metal man. Greenhall would state that he managed to accelerate his truck only to about 35 miles an hour due to the rough terrain of the field, but that he was still completely outrun by his unusual entity, which, not unlike Finland's Canula humanoid, West Virginia's Vegetable Man, or even London's notorious spring Jack, seemed to be able to defy the laws of gravity with its speed and spectacular logic-defying leaps. According to Greenhaw, he ran in a bizarre way. Jerky seemed to have springs in his feet for propulsion or something. Could cover about three meters in every way. He was running faster than any human I've ever saw. During the frantic off-road pursuit, Greenhaw claims he lost control of the truck and slid into a ditch. He watched as the creature slipped into the darkness, never to be seen again, leaving Greenhall with only his haunting memories and a series of controversial Polaroid photos. Unlike Hickson and Parker, who seemed for better or worse to be destined for fame following their alien encounter in Pascagoula, Greenhall's experience was instantly met with skepticism, derision, and at times outright ridicule. Within months, of revealing his bizarre encounter, the chief of police was terminated by the town council. His marriage fell apart, and just when it must have seemed as if matters couldn't get any worse, his home was burned to the ground. Mm. All of the above factors, along with the usual spate of UFO conspiracy theories, have thrown kerosene on the already brightly burning flames of controversy surrounding the event, and more to the point, give a clear indication as to why most contactees and eyewitnesses remain silent regarding their unusual experiences. Some ufologists 
believed that the Metal Man was a robotic scout for what may have been an extraterrestrial landing craft. While skeptics maintain that it was all a hoax perpetrated by Greenhaw and an unknown accomplice, perhaps a child due to the apparent height of the entity, who was clad in a tinfoil costume or perhaps more ambitiously, an asbestos fire suit, which are coated in a layer of reflective aluminum, was used to create the unusual look of the creature. The images that Greenhaw snapped were collected and sent for analysis by Walt Andrus, a director of MUFON, which, as we know, the, is the Mutual UFO Network. The conclusion drawn by the analyst was that the encounter was most likely a fabrication probably inspired by all of the furor surrounding the recent Pascagoula case. Uh, a lot of papers ruffling over there. Yeah, sorry. I'm, uh, trying to, I'm trying to, when you hit me with something like this, it's a surprise. I'm trying to find some connections that that time period seems familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Ignore the papers. Uh, interestingly, the negatives of the Greenhall pictures that were studied by MUFON seem to show images of a flying saucer among them, although Greenhall never claimed to even have photographed the object initially reported. Perhaps the pictures on the contact sheet represent another MUFON case unrelated to the Falkville accident. Or as so often seems to be the case in both authentically unexplained events or outright hoaxes, maybe there's more to this story that has been previously told. While it is virtually impossible to ascertain whether or not this is a real close encounter or a fraud, it seems clear that Chief Greenhaw garnered no financial gain or positive notoriety. Even though the encounter has been mentioned in numerous books detailing alleged alien encounters, Due to his experience and while he has managed to rebuild some semblance of a normal life, all reports indicate that he continues to regret his encounter with, with this unknown. To this day, however, Greenhaw and his supporters insist that the images in question represent a genuine, non-human entity and that whatever it was that Chief of Police encountered on the autumn evening back in 1973 was not of this world. Man. Dude, what cool. the crap? Yeah, man. Well, yeah. in a way, I'm glad that you surprised me with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In another way, I'm pissed. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> Dude, I mean, like it only makes me want to dive into this more, and I kind yeah. of feel like I'm just hit with this, mm-hmm. you know, incredibly intriguing story blind. But, yeah. you know, because I don't admittedly know much about uh, the Pascagoula stuff. Um, yeah, I, I vaguely do. Once we get into it, I'll it'll perk up my memory, I'm sure. But uh, but I di- I didn't realize that they were sort of tied together. Yeah, potentially, and it makes me like, ah, uh, because I love connections between events in terms of like dates and like similarities um, with other things that we talked about in season <laughs> one and this. What do you want me to do? You want me to just go out of the gate with this reminds me of, or just my thoughts on it all? Yeah, go for it, man. Okay. Out of the gate. Let's get into obviously, it. Obviously, this reminds me of one of our favorites, Sam the Sandown Ghost. Here Club. we go. Yes. And I can't yes. remember the exact date, though. So that's where I look like a damn idiot. Oh, now well, I think it was 72. It's close. So I, uh, it isn't, it's in the 70s. I mean, Pretty far away from each other, but that's what I was trying to flip through here. Hold on, let me see. But like, yeah, I mean, that was the Isle of Wight over in England. But well, I'm yeah, no, but dude, if they're if if we're talking about interdimensional or oh, interplanetary, you. Mm-hmm. you know, that's a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, um, yeah, the the uh, the jerky movements, uh, the metallic nature, the you know, almost inhuman ways that it would sort of. Almost like he said it almost like it had springs mm-hmm. built in its feet or something, how it could just like jump. But it was pretty small though, too, which is which is weird. So I just looked up the picture of this sucker. Mm-hmm. And um well, okay, before I get there. Also, some things that like stood out to me that I'm you know, like my mind while you're reading this went like mm-hmm. a million different places. First it, it sounded like, you know. It was he described it being small and that it kind of mm-hmm. like maybe like reminded him of like a monkey or something. Then I'm like, oh man, Planet of the Apes, sending you know early in our own exploration of space history here in the United States with NASA, for example. We, oh, we yeah. you know we would send chimps up into space. Well, what if they just like in the you know sort of like remake of Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg, 
you know, what if they mm-hmm. sent the chimpanzee into space, it goes into like a black hole or something, mm-hmm. which spits it back out at a different time. Boom. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this thing's walking around in, uh, what is it, Farquad, Alabama. Mm-hmm. and um, Falkville. Okay, Falkville. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's that thing that popped in my mind whenever you were talking about it. Then... You know, it's, you know, of course, the obvious sort of parallels between this and Sam the Sandown Ghost Clown. Mm-hmm. And Antenna on its head. Yeah, you know. Weird, no neck. Man, it's very strange. And then, yeah. admittedly, also looked up, you know, Falkville alien. Mm-hmm. Boom, to see what these this these pictures that this guy took, which, again, I was like, what? Whenever you said that. Mm-hmm. And man, it it looks it's weird because it doesn't look like I can't. I wish there was some context in terms of its yeah, size me too. because like it looks like it's like big. Like as I'm looking at it, it looks like it's like some you know mm-hmm. large thing. So well, and and also like you know a lot of the you know the sort of skeptics and debunkers like I I understand and you know we'll post this in the show show notes and everything, but like. I get it. If they're saying like, oh, well, it just looks like like tinfoil mm-hmm. or something. But like there's something about it that it's like, yes, to us, it would look, it could look like tinfoil. Like it does look sort of like wrinkled metal, but like, but then it not. If It's almost like if you look at it, like with that in mind, it's like, oh yeah, that, that makes total sense of looking like tinfoil or some kind of, you know, foil based like metallic suit but then at the same time if you look at it because he says it was as smooth as glass but every 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 direction you would kind of look at it or like turn uh, all the colors would kind of change so if you look at it in that way it almost looks like maybe those aren't the wrinkles in the tin foil maybe that's just sort of this multifaceted way that the light is kind of bouncing off right Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, man. Like, I mean, we're also talking about early technology in terms of photography. We're also mm-hmm. talking about, uh, you know, the type of camera that a, you know, rural police yeah. officer would have. There it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. And first one of season two. <laughs> Take a drink. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. Looking at the picture, well, okay, let's let's I'm gonna approach this in a couple different ways. Number one, mm-hmm. even if it is a hoax mm-hmm. and he's not in on it, okay. F- seeing something like this in the middle of the road in the early seventies would yeah. be enough to put me in a mental health facility. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Even running into this, you know, like driving down some random road up where we live right now today and all of a sudden i see some shiny metal suit person i'm freaked out bro you know oh yeah i'm definitely taking a picture of it though um oh yeah but the light i think would refract off of anything that has that sort of um ability to kind of be as sort of malleable and like bendable you know any kind of Mm -hmm. um you know do you you know those um emergency blankets do you know what i'm talking about Yes, and that's exact. That's what I meant by like sort of foil material. Yeah, like yeah. If you took a picture of something, man, I think we're gonna have to get one, and we're gonna have to take a picture inside of one. But like, okay, yep. You know, just to illustrate what it looks like with the flash on, and take a picture mm-hmm. of it in the middle of the night just to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Because to me, I guess the the people that are debunking it say, well, you know, it's just tin foil. Okay, cool. So, so what? It doesn't look like yeah. it's just like tin, somebody put a, you know, tin foil on top of somebody. It looks like a suit. Yeah. You know, whether or not there is a quote unquote spaceman mm-hmm. inside of it, I don't know. But I mean, the pictures are pretty dang fascinating. Well, and I'm actually, if the, well, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off before we give like what we think this is, but Yes, I, I totally agree, and I do think that, I don't know. I mean, it really could go both ways, but I, I will say this. I th- I think, I think I mean, and it really is a, a, a pretty sad story, um, 
I mean, think about it. The dude worked his whole life to become the chief of police in his town, mm. small town, mm-hmm. rural town, yeah. which yet again, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but, you know, if you don't live in a small rural town in the South, um, you know, just the idea of, um, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of like, all my whole extended family, they're all blue collar. They're all farmers and just very sort of, uh, they own cattle. It's, it's very blue collar, you know, very sort of salt of the earth. You know, we talk about the weather. We talk about like tools and like hunting and yada, yada, yada. So I, I can kind of look at this from a from kind of an interesting sort of perspective in the sense of like, you know, I grew up and my Aunt Linda was big into like Stephen King and, and I credit her to kind of being the, she was kind of my light in the darkness for all this stuff that I was into you know, I, I had nobody else in my family that I could kind of reach out to and be like, hey, do you believe in ghosts? Do you do this? Right. Like, you know, without them being like, ah, oh, Tyler, that's, that's, you know, ridiculous, whatever. That's just, but that's, that's kind of the, the overall sort of vibe for your average blue collar, you know, person in a small town. So I will say, like, I cannot imagine a guy that's chief of police. He spent his entire life, his entire career, building up to be the head of the police department, mm-hmm. which is very looked at very highly. Mm-hmm. I don't care if there was a furor or this massive excitement about this, like, you know, alien encounter that happened a week before or whatever. I just cannot imagine the chief of police setting all of this up. I mean, there, there's just, there's not, motivationally, there's nothing that he would gain other than just intense ridicule. Right, right. Yeah. And I he mean, did. He, yeah. he lost his marriage. He was immediately fired. He his house was burned down, which I don't I've I tried to look and I can't really figure out you know, was it arson? Was it, I don't really know as far as that goes, but probably just that metal man, man, shooting laser beams. <laughs> he came back. But yeah. I mean to your point, dude, like about small towns and the import I mean, really, especially, you know, Back then, but certainly still yeah. to the to this day, yeah. like in a small mm-hmm. town, like all you have truly is your reputation. Yeah, that's right. You know, because like if you're known as a crazy person, or if you're known as like a a good person or whatever, that's the, that's the only way that you get mm-hmm. anywhere. Sort of like in that small town, and you know. <laughs> Everybody knows everybody and everybody knows everything about everybody, you know? And so just like you said, and I think, you know, we talked about this with with Bryce uh, last week in last week's episode. Wait, who's Bryce? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Bryce Johnson from Expedition Bigfoot. Yeah. Travel Channels, Expedition Bigfoot. Right, and Bigfoot Collectors Club. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about it in in the sense that, like, you know, when these people kind of put it all on the line – and this happens, I think, throughout a lot of different sort of eyewitness testimonies and potentially part of it's the answer to, well, why don't we, why don't we hear more about this kind of stuff? Right. Well, look what happens historically exactly. when people come forward and, and do this. I mean, truly their life gets upended. Yeah. And, and, and for the most part, I would say rarely in a good way. Very, very rarely. And I mean, truly, like if I'm just thinking about it and you would, you know, have a better sort of foundational knowledge about this. I can't think of any. I can't think of one. No, me neither. So it's like, you know, other than, I mean, now if if we see something, obviously we're going to, you know, tell our listeners about it. Um, But not for anything other than, yeah, I mean, it's just, yes, there's no reason that I can think of mm-hmm. other than this dude just wanting to shake it up and get crazy. Right. Right. Because I mean, like you said, his marriage dissolved. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things started how he lost his job, yeah. his livelihood. All of that stuff just crumbled beneath his feet. Well and and also I I I think it's it's um you know something that we should note, you know, exactly like what you're saying, Woody it's like your your reputation is I mean, that's kind of all you have, you know, if you, mm-hmm. you know, you lead this, this good life, you're good to people, you're, you're kind, especially being like a police officer, you know, you're there to protect and serve, um, you know, not even counting the fact of him being, you know, the chief of police. So, 
you know, with that, with being a police officer, especially the chief of police, you know, you're kind of your superpower is almost uh, the ability to observe and and to sort of, you know, pick up on on certain things. And so if that's kind of compromised, if if suddenly they're like, oh, well, he's lying about this. He didn't see this. He he made it up. He you know. Once that's compromised, I mean, and it's exactly, I'm sure, what happened. I mean, that's why he was let go from the police department. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, how easily would it be for, let's say someone is guilty of a crime. Mm -hmm. And, well, now we're going to call in our expert witness uh, testimony. And then that person just says, uh, can we approach the bench? Right. And it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, this guy said that he saw a spaceman in a metal suit. Mm -hmm. So what are we talking about here? Yeah. Yeah, man, you're the single voice of authority for for the entire small town. Perfect. And I think it it could be potentially, I think, maybe difficult for folks who either live in a, you know, another country or or even within here in the United States. If, If these small towns in the South, I think, are even small, like, I don't, I wish... To illustrate the fact that, like, you know, like, I don't even know. Well, well, let me let me try to say it. It's like, imagine like a village, right? So, so Mm -hmm. where Woody said, you know, everybody knows everybody, everybody knows each other's business. So on the on the good side of that, that is a really beautiful thing. And Mm -hmm. people from the south are known for being kind and polite, and you know, in these small towns, say. You're you're in this tiny little town. Say Jerry over here. He's he he built a house over in this other area, so he needs to move. It's not it's not out of the ordinary for the whole town to kind of rally, especially in the '70s, to rally around Jerry and say, "Hey, man, let's go help you move." And people would bring pies to say, you know, "Welcome to this part of the town." Yada yada yada. So on the positive side, it's a wonderful thing. But on the negative side, it is like everybody you know, by association is going to be in each other's business. Yeah. And so if it is something that is, number one, as outlandish as seeing a metal man, uh, and number two, the your, you know, your evidential, you know, your proof looking like it could sort of go both ways, it's just, it's, you know, you're setting your, he was really kind of setting himself up. But at the same time, like, I get it. and And I would have been probably the same way because you're, it, and again, if this is all true, you, you would be ecstatic to be like, I really, we, I captured something. Mm, Even if mm-hmm. it was somebody faking and maybe he wasn't in on the joke, you know, and somebody else yeah. was out there like, but it is, it, this is the thing too, that I think that a lot of times it, it's just, I think the, the skeptics are, well, I'm going to stop saying skeptics. I'm just going to start saying debunkers. Yeah. Um, I think the debunkers easily just throw it out there of like, oh, well, either he was in on it or number two, you know, somebody planned this anonymous phone call where this woman was like freaking out and crying and going nuts because she saw a UFO land like near somebody's property. You know, maybe he wasn't in on it, but he shows up and it's like, it's just weird to me that the location of the area that he said that he saw it, if somebody was going to set this up as a hoax, why would he have to w- – would they not just be in the middle of the road to where they set, where they knew that he would show up at? Because it first says that he showed up, he drove around this area until he saw nothing. And then as he was leaving, he thought, okay, well, let me go down this other like little side path. So it just doesn't mm-hmm. – it's, you know, Occam's razor. It's like yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me that if you're going to do a hoax, you're going to be out there on the in the open. It's kind of like people when they say, oh, well – you know, this guy saw a a Bigfoot crossing the road at four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. What benefit is that from somebody to dress up in a monkey yeah. suit at for the random chance? Random chance, yeah. yeah. And this is a small town too, so it's like much less people than mm-hmm. nowadays. You know, so I mean, dude, the more I kind of like think about it, the sort of the sadder I get for this guy. Because I mean, yeah. think about it this way too. Uh, Tyler and and listener, you know what is a police? Let's we'll say police officer. Any police right. officers' primary objective whenever they go to uh, investigate anything, mm-hmm. well, they're going to ask the eyewitnesses questions, 
right, mm-hmm. about what happened. And if possible, take pictures, right? So in other words, if this would have been a helicopter crash, right? I mean, that, you know, more than likely, maybe he wouldn't. But, I mean, they're going to be taking pictures. It's the same thing. I mean, guys, go back, watch some Columbo episodes, why don't you? Okay? <laughs> People are coming to investigate. Oh my gosh, dude! They're taking. Dude, hold on, hold on, hold on. Five seconds. Synchronicity, man. Four. Peter. That's it. Peter Falkville. Oh man! I mean, I think it's probably no, no, no. It's yeah, F A L K. Synchronicity. Yeah. Keep going. Sorry. The bottom line is, you know, they're going to take pictures, Mm -hmm. and so like the more I think about it, it's like this poor guy, all he was doing, dude, was going out there to do his job. He took pictures of what he saw. Observe. brings that back to the the precinct, Mm -hmm. and this is what he gets for it, you know? Yeah. It's so sad, man. Yeah. Well, and it's weird, too, that that, um, the role of film, apparently, he had a, had like a UFO was in that same role of film. So mm. I don't totally know what that's about, but I mean, it's, you know, kind of interesting. Now, can you find, can you find those images? I, no? I haven't been able to find them now. Okay. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe it was like a tiny dot or something kind of off in the distance, which, you know, who knows, but it, I, I just, I think it's really interesting. And uh, I just, I, I remembered, hearing about it years and years ago, uh, it kind of popped up again, and I was like, oh, my gosh, we got to do this. So so this is, is this known as anything specifically? Um, I think it's just called the, just the, which the name itself is what got me so excited. It's just called the Falkville Metal Man. Nice. What do you think, man? I, I love that topic, man. I mean, God almighty, it's tough, dude. You look at the pictures. I like, know, for example, that's... I showed this picture to Ann, and she's going to be like, yeah, thick as hell. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But it does suck because, number one, it, it's like a shitty kind of quality. So it's like, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's like tough. it definitely does look like wrinkled tinfoil. But it also but looks it, like a dude with like a, or a, a being, we'll say, with like a kind of like a puffy jacket that's made out of that material in certain spots. Yeah. You know? Well, and my, my thing too is like, is, you know, if you're, Okay, he either had to be in on it to say these things. Mm-hmm. I, I just I cannot see yeah, this guy. I don't buy. I don't. I don't. I'm. A, I'm 100 with you on that. I don't buy him being in on it. I, yeah. I think if the, if that if this is a hoax, mm-hmm. some jackass. Yeah, but did this and ruin the ruin this dude's life, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And and that's what I believe too. But the problem with that is if that's the case, if he was not in on it. Then how the f- did they get a three and a half foot tall metal man who could who could walk ten feet at a time and oh, and yeah. move over thirty five miles an hour? Like it just doesn't. Oh yeah, weird. That man. doesn't. So if you believe that, then you have to kind of believe that it's somewhat of a real thing because that's that's just yeah. There's just too that's much. Not that's not what hoax. I'm saying, dude. If it's a hoax, there's just too many questions. Which like make isn't it weird that like there's situations, it's more believable mm-hmm. that it's just this, you know, like just crazy out there encounter than it is just like some person that's just putting you know putting a show on. Yeah, right. And how do they know, by the way, that he's not going to come out there and just start shooting like crazy? This we're at, we're in Alabama here. Oh man, we didn't even bring that up. I, I'm just saying that yeah, like that's think about it, dude. You know, if I'm in, put yourself back in 1972, first off, Mm -hmm. I look a little, like I'm, you know, first question he's going to ask me is. Well, you were born in 72. No, no, no. He's going to be like, now, are you a foreigner? Uh, (laughs) I mean, I still get that question. It is 2021, right? So like, I wouldn't do that today. Put myself in a silver suit and just wait on the side of the road until hopefully a cop came because I'd like, dude, I don't want to get shot in a metal suit. And they're like, oh man, my bad. I thought you were an alien. Well, and that lends itself to to all the 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 Bigfoot accounts of like all these hunters and like, right, dude. It's like that is the most dangerous thing mm-hmm. you could possibly do. Now, the only way that makes it safe kind of goes back to that had to be orange an vest. Arm. No, <laughs> had to be wearing an orange vest. No, like it would have they would have to be in cahoots. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I just don't see. But again, know. you know, it's just, dude, it's an endless loop of it doesn't make sense, which is what I love. 
Yeah, me too. It's that unanswered-ness mm-hmm. about it that's... that's uh, Speaking cool. of I mean, unanswered-ness, dude, I'd noticed listening back to the uh, the premiere, mm-hmm. whenever I'm talking to Bryce, I say, dude, it's the worst. I'm like, yeah, I'm talking about the Patterson-Gimlin footage, and I say, like, you know, it's one of the it's one of the most important artifact. <laughs> Not artifacts, <laughs> right? But art, Or artifact, but artifact. Um, and I, um, I love the, the explanation, too, with, like, uh, you know, it looked like he says uh, he was real bright, something like rubbing mercury on nickel, but just as smooth as glass. Different angles give, gave him different lighting. Man. It also reminds me of, you know, do you remember that? And it sucks, but that it kind of made its way around the Internet a couple years ago where this reporter is reporting, I guess, I don't know if it's in New York. It's, you know, it's a big city. Mm-hmm. And it's snowing all around them, and, and you know the roads are covered in ice. And I guess the reporter sees some runners. Oh, I love it! Yeah. And and <laughs> they come up, and they've got one of those amazing. Um, I think it might be Nike, but there's another brand that like developed it. I think, but it's this jacket mm-hmm. made for runners, so that the whole thing is reflected. Yeah, right. And yep. it looks kind of like this a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, like this material that isn't really metal, but if someone from the 70s saw it, they'd be like, what is this magic? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of... It's, I immediately give them a Southern accent. <laughs> like, anytime there's somebody that... I mean, they were Southern, though, so it works. Okay, it works for them. Yeah, it's it's like that, um, you know, I'll do it with, like, the kids. It's like you'll have, like, a like a cell phone and, like, shine it, like, on, like, a like a ring or on something. And it, like, creates all these sort of weird reflections of light. Mm-hmm. Um, and And, you know, he had his high beams on, too, so... Right. I'm sure every every way that he turned, it was just like, you know, shooting off light. There's everywhere. almost more questions, really, than there are yeah. if it's a hoax. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how do, you know, where did they get this material that, you know, because if it was made out of, have you ever tried to, like, move around in tinfoil? I mean, I remember, like, in grade school, we made some sort of, like, I think we used tinfoil to make some sort of, like, robot Mm-hmm. You know, thing. I'm sure, yeah. and then you start like moving, it and it's like chunks of it just fall off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, how did they make it to where it's like a cohesive suit mm-hmm. that's able to like move around this dude? And then it's just I don't know who who did it. Why haven't they come forward ever? All they had to do was kind of come forward and say, "Hey, it was a hoax. This mm-hmm. guy's now his life is you know not ruined anymore." I don't know the fascination with it just being the possibility of mm-hmm. what did this guy see, you know? Yeah, right. And, and putting yourself there and thinking about, you know, you're traveling down a road and you're kind of on high alert, man. You're there because, no, it wasn't a, a helicopter. You know, someone calls and says, hey, I think I just saw some weird flying object crash. You yeah. need to come check it out. And so you're already kind of like, oh, man, this is weird. It's just fascinating, man. Good find. Yeah, dude, it's it's awesome. Again, Happy, but also pissed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so let's get into, you know, let's kind of finish it up with what do you think it is? What do you think some possibilities of it of it is? You know, like, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go back to what I always do, and that's a time trap. Dude, I <laughs> this is the one time that I'm kind of in that same boat of like, or, well, or maybe interdimensional. Yeah, I'm going with like accidental... Like, just like a lot of these sort of encounters with things, I feel like lean mostly towards like unplanned accidental encounter with a human, really. If you flip it and you think about it in there, sort of like, well, I've got to write this report. I mean, today I accidentally, you know, Mm -hmm. crashed into this thing. Their encounter with humans isn't, it doesn't really, a lot of the time, it doesn't seem like it's intentional necessarily, you know? Right. That involve like these sort of like crashes and, you know, quick encounters. Now, of course, there are other ones where they, you know, allegedly take people and whatever. But this just sort of seems like, for whatever reason, they, you know, I don't know. I know, and potentially maybe people get a little tired of me just saying, time travel. But (laughs) I just like the idea of even just relating it back to that uh, Tim Burton remake of Planet of the Apes. You know, it's, it's a good, it's an, it's a cool concept to me that you could send a chimpanzee into space mm-hmm. and, you know, effectively change a lot of things 
unintentionally, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And as we know, like I said earlier, NASA's first sort of quote unquote space explorers were chimpanzees. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the cosmonaut. Yeah. Sort of Soviet stuff. They used a lot of chimps too. Yeah. I, I don't really know about the chimpanzee thing, especially when you look into, and I had to look, look this up because I'm terrible with math, but it did say that he, number one, he was driving 35 miles an hour and he said he was nowhere near catching up with the thing. Number two. Chimps, yeah, he, but chimps run pretty fast. Well, man. but they don't do this. He said that they, every single step that it would take was three meters and that's nine feet, 10 inches. So, it's a big foot. It's a freaking big foot. But it was, only, it was only three and a half feet tall. It's a small foot. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, I think that I, I kind of agree. I think that it was, maybe it was an interdimensional thing. I do kind of think there's something to be said uh, regarding there being like a crashed craft in the area. Mm-hmm. And I do like the idea that like, okay, so so let's look at it in this way. Maybe the suit was some type of foil thing. You know, when you're when you're entering the atmosphere of some new planet, you know, it gets real hot. So maybe that was a little bit of that component of why the suit looked like it did. Super interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I don't know. It's wild, dude. Yeah, now we definitely we got to sort of backtrack and go back to the Pascagoula case. Cause yeah, because you unfairly just sprung this on me. Like, I will say that we're going to have to revisit this and Pascagoula okay. and just try to, you know, find other stuff mm-hmm. about this. I mean, the pictures are fascinating, though. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I want to hear what the listeners think about this case specifically. So yeah. when we post our artifacts, you know, obviously we're going to have these pictures on our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear what you think about it, listener, because yeah. do you think it's just fake as heck? Mm-hmm. Does it look to you like it's just a hoax? Uh, you know, maybe this guy just didn't think it through, which, hey, man, I know a couple people in, in that I've met in life that mm-hmm. make some poor decisions that just didn't think it through. Yeah, but a lot of times it's hard to meet those people when they're also chiefs of police. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can happen, but it is weird. Just, I don't know. There's so many things like left unanswered with this. A lot of questions. Yeah. Um, But I do love like the jerky movements, the antenna on its head, the no neck. I mean, that's the thing, like the details, right? Yeah. They're also weird. That's hot. That's the high strangeness mm -hmm. part of it, you know? Yeah. yeah, it definitely did. It, it did that to me too. I, I guess because you know we're both fascinated with uh, with Sam the Sandown Clown. So it, you know, just something about the vibe really kind of pointed in that same kind of direction. And uh, you know, that was part of the reason that I was like, man, I totally forgot about this. We got to do it, dude. I'm glad you did. But like <laughs> I said, I'm also pissed. Um, <laughs> Tell them where they can find us. Well, like I said earlier, one of the best places truly, to interact with us on a daily basis mm-hmm. is on our Instagram page. Yep. Um, and you can find us there at That Would Be Rad. That's where you can not only interact with us, but also each other and, and other listeners and stuff. And that's something that we really love to to see is the, the conversations between our growing uh, listeners and just to see the discussions about the episodes that we do, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what your thoughts are. And it's just really, really fascinating yeah we love that we while we're talking about instagram we love hearing from you guys whether it's dms or uh you know like i mentioned before we're kind of gearing up to halloween season and boy would we love any sort of accounts whether it's a voice memo whether it's a typed out email of sort of some encounter or story or or whatever it is we would love to hear from you guys and even more so we would love to to feature it during the Halloween season. If you want to tell the story, we'll throw some background music and some sound effects and Woody will spice it up and make it cool. Uh, or, you know, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, just write it out and we'll read it and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, make it cool. So feel free to shoot us DMs. If it is a long form sort of story or a voice memo, shoot it to that would be radpod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, it's been a blast. Season one was fantastic and this family is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger 
and we can't wait uh, just to keep it moving, man. So, uh, mm-hmm. and real quick, thank you again to everyone that reached out and wished me a happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Truly means the world to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, thank you very much. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I mean, 50 has never looked so good than it does on Woody Brown. Oh, God, I'm not so, 50. Uh, but anyway, we love you guys. You know, you you mean the world to us. We do this because of you guys, because of the support and the love and and the uh, just the community that you guys offer to us on a daily basis. So uh, let's do it again. Season two, here we go. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. And as always, be rad. That's the way it Well, even more embarrassing is I thought you were going to take out the whole moment where I was like, oh, 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 no, you go ahead. No, because I you dead? <laughs> no, but listen, I couldn't because I couldn't because like whatever he said didn't make sense with a, oh, no, no. Oh, I was just going to say, boom. It was just like, oh, I couldn't. yeah, it's okay. It's, it's come on, man. We're humans. And and I, dude, we, we listened to like a couple episodes of the show like yesterday a little bit together in one of the bonus episodes you're talking about the dream right where you're like because the flying no well we talk about my flying dream. yeah yeah yeah. where you could breathe underwater oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. and there's this part where you're just like 
dude, you got to go back and listen to your like description. If you do, man, it's like poor listener, dude. It's like the worst takes an scientific hour to to explanation it. you're like well first there's two hands one hand on top of the other hand yeah i know two fingers I, one moves up, and you're just like dude and then i go oh you mean like right blood with your fingers and we like both of us just kind of like because you're like no and you just keep going but then like at first and i was like what were you talking about and i showed her you know like how yeah you can, i didn't like, know make, i didn't know what you were talking make the about word either. blood with your fingers you know what i'm talking about oh yeah yeah but it's not it's not that no, no. I, well obviously dude but that's what makes it hilarious Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. like, it, from then on, like, as we were listening to other episodes, she was like, dude, you just got to, like, throw that in from now on. <laughs> just, like, anytime time I was like, no, I don't really know. And it's like, well, I mean, you could always, oh, like, I mean, you could always just, like, draw blood with your fingers. Out. And also, I, instead of saying spell out, like, you just did correctly, I said draw blood <laughs> with your fingers. Yeah, even more confusing. Yeah, I know. Hilarious. So maybe Thursday, maybe? We'll yeah. see. Just let me know, like, when's good. Like, Sounds maybe good, let, let me know today, and then I'll reach out to him and see what day's good for him. Well, and then I'll come over there, and I'll bring your birthday present, too. Yeah, but I, I kind of want to, like, go to the comic shop before that. Ready? Three, two, one.